So somebody came up to me earlier today and said, what is a covenant renewal service? And um, what a covenant renewal service is, is something that John Wesley came up with back in 1773. He began with feeling like people needed to consciously make a time where they chose to reflect on their heart of where they are, where they've been, repent of what they needed to repent with, and choose a different path to recommit to the obedience that they promised God when they accepted Jesus as their savior. And so John Wesley back then would have the people who are Methodists and the Methodist society, they would say this prayer and have these services on a regular basis. But it says in his journal that at the end of his life, this covenant renewal service happened all the time on the Sunday, right? The closest Sunday to January 1st which for us, on a crazy year like this, we had Christmas Eve on a Sunday and New Year's Eve on a Sunday. This is the closest Sunday we're going to be to January 1st. But it's a perfect, perfect day to have a covenant renewal service as we begin our 2024. Um, this is an opportunity for us to reflect, look back on what has been, maybe what we did that we are proud of, maybe what we did that we aren't proud of, to confess what we need to confess and to allow ourselves to recommit to the obedience and the love and to receive the grace that God has offered us. So um, when I think about covenant, uh, covenant is all throughout the Old Testament. It's a huge part of how God relates to his people. And so we see it starting out with Adam and Eve. We call it, there's a covenant, the first covenant. There's about six covenants that people focus in on that are important covenants through our Christian faith that build us to the place where God has restored us through Jesus. And so the first one is Adam and Eve. And then the next one is Noah. This is the first time since sin came into the world that God is once again claiming us and making relationship with us again. After that, we see God makes a covenant with Abraham where God claims Abraham's family to be his own he promised him that his descendants will be as numerous as the stars. And then we see that come to fruition on the Mount Sinai, where we see Moses' covenant with God, where God claimed the Israelites, all of Abraham's descendants, as his own people. And then after that, we see another covenant with David. You know, people ask for a king, and they wanted a king like Saul, so God gave it to him. But God knew that they needed a king like David, a man after God's own heart. And so God told David, he made covenant with him and said, one of your descendants will be king and he will sit on the throne forever. So we see all of the covenants and that covenant come true in Jesus. And Jesus is the new covenant. And this new covenant is the covenant that we are living in right now. And so, as Millie said, what we see is when people make covenant with God, and this is how God communicates and interacts with us, it is about God saying that you are mine. I claim you. You're my child. But it's also about us making the choice to say, you are our God. We claim you. We make you Lord over our life. 
And in that, that means obedience comes out of that. Now, is in the New Covenant, is that obedient we have to do? Because in the Old Testament, it's like, you do these strict things or there's consequences. Um, you know, with the New Covenant, it's actually the Holy Spirit living within us, which is very special in itself, that gives us the ability to love God in a way that allows us to be obedient to what he wants. We still have a choice. But in the overflow of the love that God, the love that God has given us, the grace that God has given us, that obedience should be flowing out of that. Now, I'll say just like the people of Israel, we get lost. We begin to want our own things. We begin to see um, things in the world that the, the sins that seem very much desirable to us, we begin to grab on the distractions in life and we forget about the covenant that we have made with God. But praise God that we are in this new covenant where we can, we can come back and we can say, God, Jesus, I know that you stand in the gap for me. Because the thing is, we can't have a relationship with God without Jesus. Because we need a perfect Savior to stand in the gap so that we can have a relationship with God. And in that, it gives us an opportunity to confess when we have fallen short, it gives us an opportunity to receive the forgiveness and the grace that God wants to give us. It allows us to live outside of shame or guilt, but to live in a freedom that only Christ can give. And so, you know, Wesley knew that we weren't perfect, my goodness, if you just read through the Old Testament, we know that humans aren't perfect. If you read through the Old Testament and see how God, what all God had to do to rescue us, you know that human beings aren't perfect. But he also knew that if we are reminded of those commitments that we've made, of that commitment that we made to Jesus, we will be more likely to live in obedience, to want to walk in whatever direction God has called us to. And the thing is, God sometimes calls us to directions we don't want to go. God sometimes asks things of us to give up things that we don't want to give up. God sometimes allows us to get into places that are not fun and that are painful. And so when we say, God, I give up my will to you, I give up my life to you, I give up everything for you, it's a scary thing because God is going to take you up on that. And some of our testimonies in this room can say that road can be really rugged. And so today, as we look at praying this prayer that John Wesley wrote a very long time ago that is still valid today, yes, it's got words that we don't use anymore, but if you look at the context of it, it's powerful. And everyone has it on their seat. I actually printed it out so that, or actually asked Jasmine to make it and print it out so that you could take this home. Because yes, on January 31st of, 20, of 2023, we're going to pray this prayer. But the reality is we need to be praying this prayer daily. We need to be reminded daily when we wake up every morning and when we go to bed every night of whose we are and why we are on this earth and what we are living for. You know, even when I was a teenager and a child, I didn't know the word covenant. I didn't understand that concept, but I understood the concept of what covenant is. 
every summer at church camp, I would find myself at the altar, recommitting my life to Jesus. It's the same thing. I didn't have the words, but it's the exact same thing. What we do is we recommit our lives to Jesus. It's a refocus on what's important. It's allowing God to enter in, redeem what's been broken, heal the hurts, grow us into what he needs us to be so that he can use us in whatever way he wants to use us. Wesley knew this was important, and whoever led ministries that I was a part of all throughout my childhood knew this was important. And so today, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to read the prayer to you because I want you to hear it now, not y'all reading it with me. I'm just going to read it to you, and I want you to hear the words because I don't want you to read this prayer today when we read it together and you make this new commitment if you don't mean it because I truly believe God will hold us to account for what we declare to him. And so I want you to hear it. I am no longer mine, but thine. Put me to what thou will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed by thee or laid aside for thee. Exalted for thee or brought low for thee. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and heartily yield all things to thy pleasure and disposal. And now, O glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thou art mine, and I am thine. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen.